Yo, welcome back to the Vamp Sam Radio. It's Football Boys, the mayor in this city for creatives and entrepreneurs. How's everyone doing? What projects are you working on as we hit the tail end of 2020? Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Flobo Boys or on Instagram at Flopito. There's also at Flobo Boys on Instagram. I mentioned that here and there. It's still a private account, but I still own it. I still run it. So come through. Be some of the, the first people to get early access to my private account with bonus content and photographs and all the silly stuff that I used to put in my normal Instagram before I had to be all mature and influencer-like. <laughs> You know what? I'm a creative, and so is my guest, Leslie Colon. If you guys don't know Leslie, first of all, I can't believe you don't. But go back to episode number 53 of the same podcast, uh, When Everything Clicks, one of my favorite episodes in New Amsterdam for a bunch of reasons. One, it really was the watershed moment for the show. I think it was a fantastic guest that showed the world that I happen to know dope people. My prima, uh, Leslie, has just been... Um, so much fun to watch her grow and evolve as a creator. So much so my uh, sister podcast or sister live show, What's Up Flobo After Hours, I had her on as a guest there as well. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the naming convention. Now, Leslie runs Cafe Con Leslie, which you should probably be a friend of on YouTube if you aren't already. And when uh, she was on After Hours, I called my episode Day con Leslie or tea with Leslie. That's why today's episode is called Cafe con Ayuda because Leslie here shares her insight about her struggles, trials, tribulations, or just her experience over the past year. Look, 2020 has been hard for a lot of us. A lot of us had to reevaluate what was important, what we want to work on, what it, does it mean to be creative, what does it mean to entertain, especially in a time where some places didn't allow you to go outside and so it was an interesting chat with one of my best friends so much of a friend she's my family me prima leslie please uh just give her some love after the fact follow her on social media do all of that good stuff before i get into that just want to say learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com that's k-n-a-w amsterdam.com and become a member of the boisterous crew unlock bonus content we're talking show notes we're talking videos we're talking photo galleries at patreon.com slash boys now without any further ado let's go Welcome back to New Amsterdam, the podcast for creatives. It's your host, Flobo Boys, and I'm in the mayor's office being joined by someone which, before we went on air, we're talking about candy bars. This lady here is one of my bestest friends so much, I don't call her a friend at all. She's my family, she's my prima, and the last time she was here, episode 53, was the most downloaded episode of New Amsterdam Radio. Please, once again, welcome Lizzie Cologne. How you doing? Woohoo! I'm so happy to be back. This is like one of my favorite shows to be part of. And fun fact, it was my favorite podcast to listen to this year on Spotify. Yep, yeah. that was you. Thank you so much. I mean, this the show had so much growth. I was like, what? 12 countries tuned in? I was so excited. Wow. Man. I know, man. Those those analytic things from Spotify are pretty trippy. Yeah, but, it's uh, pretty interesting. So so back to what we were saying before. Snickers is your favorite candy bar? I can't accept this. I think <laughs> I think you have to have like another one that's like funkier. I don't know. I just feel like it's no. every person's choice. Snickers or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Snickers has just always been my favorite. I like Hershey's too. Hershey's cookies and cream. Now okay. that's good too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I like to switch it up. I don't always just go to the aisle and be like, Hmm, I'm going to get a Snickers right away. It's like, what am I in the mood for? And then it might be a cookies and cream Hershey's that day, or it might be a Snickers. You just never know. I am weird in that my favorite candy bars are Three Musketeers and Hershey Symphony. Those are the two I'll get all the time. I've never and, heard of Hershey Symphony. You know, Well, they sell right next to each other. So you know this Hershey's dark, right? And like, yeah. And then Hershey has like milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then like Symphony has more milk than milk chocolate. It's like super light. It's like your lightest chocolate bar they have. Mm-hmm. I'll probably it comes in a, 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 tan, a tan package because it definitely looks like something an old person would eat. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, welcome back to the Outside Radio. Uh, last time you were on the show, you were discussing about going forward and launching your own content expression. It wasn't a channel quite yet. It was just mm-hmm. making your own content. But I can say with with beaming with pride 
that you have your own digital network. Walk me through this. What's it feel like? What's the name of it? And your experiences having it. That's why I was so I was so excited to be back to talk to you about this because the last time I was on this show, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was still in that phase where yes, I need to create my own content, but can I really do it? I was second guessing myself. It was little things like, what do I even call myself? How do I even start? That really stopped me from moving forward. So I was creating those obstacles for myself without really giving it a try. So then one day I was just like, you know what? Grab your phone and just hit record. And I did. And I just recorded and I just talked like if I was talking to someone and I was pretty much just talking about my journey and how I got to where I am now. So it all started again with the name. I was so stuck on creating a name for some reason, because of course you have to brand yourself. And then I reached out to another then Floppy Toe and I was like, hey, um, no, you've been You've been motivating me to do this, but I really don't know where to start. Like, can you help me out? I don't even know what to call myself. And you gave me a list, and then some somewhere in that list, Cafe Con Leslie came up. Which was and a I joke, was like, by the way. I was totally kidding. Yeah, it was a joke. And fun fact, you know, I used to work at Starbucks. I was a barista, and I, I loved working there. And so I was like, that's brilliant. Like, conversations over coffee, like Cafe Con Leslie. And I was like, yeah, like, that's what it's going to be called. And you're like, okay. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> you were caught by surprise with how much I really liked the name. Yeah, I was, I was, I was texting you, but I was definitely the, the same tone I was saying to myself, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. And then I just started coming up with, I'm like, I need like a, a subtitle. So then that's when I reached out to other friends and I just kind of started putting it together and it was like create, celebrate, and caffeinate. So create content, celebrate life, and then getting caffeinated with coffee. And I was like, all right, like it's kind of, it's coming together. It's coming together. So then I started, that's when I was motivated and I was like really excited to start and I created my own logo myself. And this was the moment where I was growing as a content creator without knowing it. Like I was figuring out how to create my own logo. I did it myself. I was figuring out how to upload a video and edit it on like iMovie. And I was figuring out how to, how do I create an intro? Cause if you look at the first couple episodes, I didn't have an intro. I didn't really have much. So it's like slowly as I kept creating content is like these ideas kept coming to me and it just started to get put together. So then my first episode, it was literally just me talking to people about why I'm creating my content now and what led me to this point. Um, So it was just, and it caught me by surprise, honestly, how much support I got from everyone. People that I hadn't even talked to in a really long time, like old high school or people that I went to high school with and that I haven't spoken to in years. And then they're reaching out, they're commenting. And it made me feel really good to know like, wow, I'm supportive. I'm supported by a lot of people. Not only like is my family, my biggest support system that we've talked about before, but it's like, I was, it caught me off guard how much people were really um, pushing for me to do this. Because to me, I was, I put fear and like fear stopped me from creating this channel. So I'm glad, I'm happy to say now that I overcame that fear and I'm creating this content that I never thought I would actually be doing. Uh, The clip you're referencing on the Cafe Colnesli YouTube channel goes, Cafe Colnesli, first episode, why now? And all the letters. And I remember (laughs) the day that was launched because there were there were cross sections of your social network, which I hadn't seen because I've only known you a couple of years, but then it was kind of like, you could tell by the Facebook images. There were different ages, different parts yeah. of the country and the world. They're like, oh, Leslie, you're amazing. I'm like, instant star. I was a little jealous. It was a good joke <laughs> because I'm there like hacking away doing podcasts with three downloads. But 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 it was it was so cool to see because there's so many people that have this idea and then of that there are people that decide to go for it. And mm-hmm. then of that there are people that decide, okay, I did it once and then of that it's Okay, how can I improve on it? So the fact you got the point that, hey, look, man, you know, two episodes in, it needs an intro, it needs a vibe, it's mm-hmm. kind of a flavor. Like that, that to me is the real journey of doing this thing. And I'm so glad that you got to, to try it out, you know, and, and how yeah. has the experience been so far uh, with Kevin Well, it, 
it wasn't easy. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Yeah. I think the biggest part or the biggest hurdle was trying to figure out this whole like electronics thing. I'm not very good with technology. Um, mm -hmm. I can figure out simple things like how to put a webcam together, but to like, for example, what streaming service do I use? What's going to be best for me? What can I understand better that if something goes wrong, I can fix it. So right. that was the part where I had to learn, okay, uh, StreamYard's not for me, but Zoom is. Um, I don't want to go live, but I can pre-record. So it's like figuring out these things like, okay, I've gone live, that didn't go well. So what can I do to kind of ease that anxiety that I have of that's stopping me from moving forward because I had technical difficulties in one episode. So after that, it was like kind of overcoming that. I was like, I was kind of stopping myself again. No, well, it went wrong this time. I don't know if I can do it again, but it was again, just going for it. And I went for it. I did another episode. And again, you've always been part of my journey. It was with <laughs> you. Right. Because I was so afraid of what can go wrong. And right. I also learned to change my mentality while creating this content it was and after obviously I kept making more videos and more videos, it started making it started becoming easier and it started becoming fun again. And that was the whole point of this is that this industry and what I love doing, it's fun. So it doesn't feel like work. So I needed to remind myself, like, why am I doing this? Because it's what I love to do. So don't put so much so much pressure on yourself because this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing and what you love to do. So it's kind of just like letting go and continue to just grow as a content creator and just to give other people a platform as well. That was one of the main goals that I had was that as content creators, uh, when we're most of the time we're the ones doing the interview, but we don't really get to tell our side of the story. Where do we come from? Or how do we grow up? And that was, I feel like those are the conversations where people can really connect with us. And that's yeah. kind of, that became the point of Cafe Con Leslie. And slowly I was able to get, um, you know, one of a regional Mexican artists to join me and I interviewed him. And that was the first interview that I ever did it all in Spanish. So it was a big moment for me because in the back of my mind, I always knew, and it's something that I always talk about, is I'm very proud to be Mexican-American. So how do I combine that in my channel? Because like you said, in different platforms like Instagram, I have, you know, my friends, a couple of my family members, fans, um, Twitter, it's mostly like for, you know, those people that have watched us from AfterBuzz. But then in, on Facebook, it's mostly my family from Mexico who only speak Spanish. Um, so it's like, how do I involve them in what I'm doing? How do I present this idea? So I knew for a while that I wanted to create content in Spanish. So before that interview, only in Spanish, I had done a mixed interview. So like a Spanglish version with one of my good <laughs> friends, um, Isaac Meisner, who was born in Mexico, came to the United States at 18 to study here. And he was a perfect person where when we had conversations, it was easy to go back and forth from English to Spanish. And he always knew that I was so nervous about speaking Spanish because when you grow up here, it kind of, it's different. You're obviously, you learn because of your family, but then you forget because of school and little things like that. So to speak Spanish professionally is completely different than just having a conversation. So I asked him if he could, you know, if we can do this, his interview in both Spanish and English, because it, it was just gonna be an easier transition for me to go to do that first and then to do Spanish only. So, and it's just little things like grammar or, you know, what word goes first, because in English it's different. Um, so it's just little things like translating and making sure that I sounded professional because this is still someone, it's my channel, but I still wanna present myself well if that makes sense. Oh, but um, the journey has been good. I did take a little bit of a break because life happens. But recently now I'm covering Total Bellas, which is something that I missed. And I feel like last season, we kind of left the fans hanging in the sense of like, we just disappeared. And we didn't really get to talk well, about- disappear, Leslie? Well, you know why. <laughs> Tell the live viewers about the, why you decided to make it happen on your channel. <laughs> well, you know why, Flobo. <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't know, I did start, you know, my career at AfterBuzz, and that was the, 
platform where I really started to become a content creator to be an entertainment host. And it was, they decided to kind of shut down because of the virus or we were going to go on a hiatus temporarily, but none of us were aware of it. So um, we just kind of left our fans without really letting them know what was going on. Um, we kept getting, I kept getting messages at least like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you guys not going to do another episode? And fans were getting upset. And honestly, I felt bad because personally, I wouldn't do that. I would have at least sent out an announcement or let us do at least one more episode to be able to let our fans know because we owe it to them. Um, so we didn't get to talk about like Nikki Bella's engagement. And um, that was huge for like the total Bella's community. <laughs> um, or I things bet it like, is. yeah. <laughs> I know you're not into reality TV, hey, but like, it's fine. But uh, yeah, so we didn't really get to talk about these huge moments. And I knew for a while, I'm going to, I need to talk about this. We need to talk about this new season because there's babies involved, there's marriage and drama and all things that people love when watching reality TV. So how do I get, you know, the former host to work with me? And at first it was like, yeah, everyone was on board. And then slowly as the date started to approach, it seemed like everyone was busy with their own life. So I did start to freak out a little bit, like who's going to do a whole season with me? Who's really committed? And luckily, luckily, Emily May was able to join me. And she's always, she's she's such a nice person. There's really like no one, I, I can't think of anyone that's nicer than her. And right. she's, she was like, yeah, of course, like I already have you down for like the next 12 Fridays um, because I don't, we don't know how many episodes there are. But it's just so fun to be doing what we used to love to do. So talk about reality show. For some people, you know, they would do it just to just to create content. But for me, it was a show that I really loved to talk about. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it on my own channel now. Why not? And that's where we're at now. Oh, you media mogul, you. So you <laughs> mentioned a lot of things that I, I wanted this to pull from just a bit. Uh, you said that when you started off on your content creator journey, there was some technical issues or learning more mm -hmm. about the technical side of things that was a bit challenging. And now moving over to the Total Bellas edition, because of course, yeah. uh, you said the difficulties of, of booking consistent hosts, consistent talent yeah. on your content. Now, I know these are two big like roadblocks for a lot of content creators. Who am I going to do my content with in case of ones that need a co-host and the technical platform and questions. And I can't knock anyone who sees all of the things you can learn and go, that is way too much for me. I'm walking by. Mm -hmm. But you said yourself, you're not a typical, typically savvy person, but you made it work. So like, yeah. I know you pushed through, but I guess the question I have to ask is what made you push through to say, I'm going to do this or learn this platform or get this host to make this content work? Um, that's a good question. I think just after doubting myself, but still hearing people's comments and saying, when are you going to put another episode or kind of seeing the fact that there were still people that believed in me more than I believed in myself. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of taking a step back and really changing my mindset. I think it was all my mindset um, when I was first starting off because I was, I wasn't believing in myself when I really had, I do have potential to do this and I've seen it. So it was just more like ignore the what ifs and just go for it. So it was just a matter of, I don't know, just stop overthinking and just keep going. Because if you stop yourself and the more time that I let pass, I'm like people are going to forget about the channel. I'm, if I'm not consistent, then people are easily just going to be like, oh, she only did one video. Where is her channel? Or And that's easy to do. You can doing this is a lot of it's a commitment. And I'm sure you know you have 10,000 shows that you do. So I don't know how you 10, do it. 10,000. Stop rumors. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I do get overwhelmed with just one channel I don't, or one show. I don't know how you do so many because it is commitment. So, again, figuring out your schedule. And at the end of the day, it's like my purpose. So reminding myself of my purpose and it's to be putting out content again and to doing what I love. So once... Um, even if everyone told me, like, I can't do it with you, I would have still done it by myself because what's the point of me having this channel if I'm not going to create content or if my content's going to be inconsistent and which it has been, I'm not going to lie, you know, life gets the best of us and it did get to me a little bit. And, but again, I think for me, it's constantly reminding myself of like, 
those goals, those dreams that I have. And creating content for me is something that makes me really happy. So Mm -hmm. it's like finding my happiness within my my job, if if that makes sense. It does make sense. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, uh, you know, it's it's a weird thing to want to become a content creator because it's, mm-hmm. it's very easy to see the glamour of things. Like, well, yeah, I'll be famous, you know? I'll be in celebrity <laughs> boxing matches versus Nate Robinson. You know? It's great. Uh, but it, it, it is a grind to it. There's no, like booking guests, even for, for shows I have weekly or even semi or frequently, you know, trying mm-hmm. to book guests has been the worst. So you mentioned that there's sometimes you have to take a step away. I, they're, they're now, we're now knowing more about the psychological strain it takes to be a content creator now. Yeah. Like YouTube really came into our focus now over the last 10 years or so. But let me ask you, I mean, like, how did you deal with the pressures of creating in real life? What happens when they mix? How did you respond to all that? Yeah, um, well, as everyone is currently experiencing, we are living in a pandemic. So at first it was kind of balancing. I was still working at Starbucks when I first started this. so. I was constantly drained with having to deal with, you know, customers or complaints because this was at the beginning of the coronavirus where everyone was very scared and on edge. So you would just see people complain about the little things. And after I finished my shift, it was a matter of like balancing out, you know, I am tired like physically and mentally, but how do I find time to create my content? So at first it was hard because I was always constantly physically and mentally tired from my regu- my job that I had to keep working on because obviously we still have bills. Like the virus happened, but these bills didn't stop. So it, it did take me a little bit to kind of figure out a routine, a schedule to where on my days off, even if it's just, if it's just one day, make time to create a video. And that's what happened at first. Um, but I think one of the things that you did mention is when life gets to you and it did get to me to the point where I wanted to move back to LA and I had to leave Starbucks and I took a job that I thought was going to be better for me, which ended up not being the right job. So it was like, where do I go from here? The industry is closed and I constantly kept trying to apply for multiple jobs without really realizing the reality that we're living in. Like there's really no jobs for us right now, especially in the entertainment industry. So I did end up getting frustrated and I lost hope. So that's kind of where I stopped creating videos because like mentally I wasn't here. I was, I had no motivation. Everything just kind of stopped because I went through the beginning of the year where everything seemed great. I was finally getting I got approved to be a red carpet host. I was going to be doing red carpets for the first time. I did one. I was going to go to WrestleMania, which is a dream that as a kid, you never imagine yourself even achieving or like financially, my family was never able to afford like a WrestleMania ticket or for me to travel. So I was like, wow, I'm finally able to achieve that dream through my career and through my job, which is something I always wanted. Mm-hmm. So to have that taken away. And then for the industry to just stop and then to kind of reevaluate, like, where do I go from here? And I know I'm not the only one that probably went through this, but um, when you deal with mental health issues, which is something that I have experienced and I'm currently still dealing with, it's harder. It's harder to kind of dig yourself out of that mentality where everything is just everything stops and you have zero motivation and you don't want to do anything and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm going to just cruise by and I'm just going to work. And for me, it was always like, I'm just going to work at Starbucks right now because everything kind of stopped. And I, I did lose that one, like that desire to create content, that desire to be in this industry because I felt like everything was just not moving forward. But it was more of like, building myself up again um if i don't create content or if i don't do anything that i feel like is productive then i really like lose that motivation so it's kind of figuring out more of a i don't want to say routine because i'm learning to not be so focused on a routine uh, because i've always happened so it's more of like finding a balance between the reality of the situation and kind of what the situation that i create in my mind yeah 
2020 being uh, one that threw a curveball is a bit of an understatement, and uh, everyone has their own snide jokes about that. Worst mm -hmm. year ever, etc., etc. You did mention the prospect of hope, and I think a lot of us that that do this, you know, we work on something you can't really hold in your hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we we were having a little bit of a, a rough time with that, and there's there's times of despair. I think that's pretty normal. Um, but in, you can answer this question as truthfully as you want. You can skip it if you want. Uh, on, on those low days, how did you maintain like the, the, the what was left of that shred of hope? Or how did you maintain not doing anything self-destructive uh, just as mm -hmm. you try to work yourself out through those times? I think, um, well, when it comes to mental health, it's one of the things that, at least in my culture and something that I've grown up with, is that it doesn't really exist. It's something that's, just in your head, that it's gonna pass. Um, so when I first started dealing with these issues, it was more of like looking at myself and knowing that I needed help. So I kind of had to step away from my family because that's where I was getting all the comments. I was like, it's, it's just you, like it's just in your head, it's gonna pass. And I was like, no, there's something really wrong. And I started noticing the fact that I was getting anxiety attacks because I was in a really bad car accident. So that's kind of where I started realizing like, okay, I'm really paranoid. I can't drive. Um, this is, this isn't normal. This isn't who I am. So it was kind of taking a step back and ignoring everyone, which is something that I, I normally, I love to be surrounded by my family. I always like to ask for their opinion and that's kind of how I end up ultimately making my decisions. But this time it was more of like, I kind of hid myself from everyone or at least from the people that I knew weren't gonna support me about like getting help in regards to like therapy and which is again, something that you don't really hear about. It's, you know, people, when you say therapy, especially growing up in like a Mexican household, it's like, well, like what is that? Nobody really goes to therapy. Nobody really talks about it or nobody believes in it. So it was, I just made the phone call myself and I, I called my doctor and I was like, this is going on. Something's really wrong. And I didn't tell my mom. I only told, I think my two sisters, because I feel like they were the only ones that were really going to understand me and support me. Mm -hmm. So it was a matter of just ignoring everyone and knowing that I needed help and making that phone call myself. So it was, it's just taking initiative. And I know it's sometimes hard for people who, especially if you're in depression, I've only de dealt with like minor depression. I've dealt more with like anxiety, um, but it's just a matter of like, at or at least finding one person that you can rely on, that you can know that you can call, it doesn't matter in how you're feeling, whether you're something really good is happening or something really bad is happening, but they're always gonna know exactly what to do. And that's, I've been lucky enough to have my sisters to go through that. But like recently I felt like I couldn't even go to my family because I didn't want to show that side of me. Yeah. I'm, my personality is very big. I'm always really happy. Everyone knows like, I'm like the light of the household. And my mom always says that because when I come home, it's super loud. I'm like, hey, everybody. Lizzie's in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when something, when I'm not like that, obviously it's a huge, everyone notices. Everyone's like, what's wrong? Like, why are you like all energetic? Like what's going on? So I ended up like, I, would, I went back home to San Diego and I ended up just like never being at my mom's house. I ended up, never being home because I felt like I had to hide and I could only be vulnerable when I was alone but thank god I never like to do things alone um I had my best friend Jackie there with me and I like just called her one day crying I'm like I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know why I feel so sad or like so low and she was there to kind of pick me up and like take me out and one of the things that I learned was that like the beach is my happy place so going there, especially when I was so down, and it was just a matter of like, I think all the opportunities going away, um, you know, me moving. So all this change, us kind of like going through these big life changes, like my mom lost her job. And that's where we kind of had like health insurance. So it's like, where am I going to get health insurance from? Because I've never had to really worry about this because we've always kind of been, we've been good. We, we've never had to 
figure any of this out until like this virus hit and it changed so much of my life that I necessarily wasn't prepared to deal with. Like, I guess it was those changes where you have to grow up, you have to kind of figure out. So it's just, honestly, it's been, it's been hard because I feel like the beginning of the year where everyone was kind of feeling it, or at least the middle of the year, it kind of hit me towards the end of the year, which was recently. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because like um, I'm in my mid 30s, even though I look incredibly younger than that. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I'm in my mid 30s, and and everyone always tells me, you know, your, your college days are the best days of your life, and mm-hmm. that's the, that that could be, that's debatable. Um, but I will say the hardest parts of my life were my junior year of high school because that was going into college, mm-hmm. my junior year of college of being asking what your plan was, and I would say, ages 23 to about 26 because you get out in 22, right? And then you're kind of like, well, everyone has time to find their footing. That's the thing you see about TV shows. But after that year, it's like, well, what's the right path? Am I on the right path that I choose correctly? Where are my friends? What's my job? These are bills that never had a touch. And then in your case, at your age, you had the pandemic on top of that. So yeah. you couldn't even like, oh, I'll just grab a job at, oh, wait, it's closed. <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and so like, there's no shame and acknowledging something was wrong, number one. Yeah. Find some people, you meet a family in case you do something destructive, too, and seeking professional help. So yeah. I think the fact you're, you did that and then now are sharing your story, I mean, I mean I, I, I'm only one person, but I would commend mm-hmm. that out of you. Because I, I feel like with, with me, my parents are very similar. Uh, they're, they're West Indian, they're from the Caribbean, and every problem can be solved with either work or prayer. And if you have an idea or a problem where they don't know to fit in, they don't know what to do. Uh, I have not been fortunate enough to, to, to seek professional help, but I can, I will not, uh, you know, poo-poo anyone that does that. So I have right. to ask, though, I'm not, and then you can be as, as, as forthcoming as you like, um, how is your journey going with that? Are you seeing improvements? Are you feeling better? Is it still, are you still in the thick of it overall? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say uh, my journey with, mental health issues, I guess you can say. And it's something I've actually never talked about. And I know I wanted to talk about it with you because this is where I felt most comfortable. Um, And I feel like people need to know this side of me because again, on screen, you can see like, oh, it's Leslie, she's always happy, she's always excited. But then when I'm not creating content, um, I get messages like, fan who's always messaging me is Johan, who he's always like, hey, um, you didn't post a video. Um, Is everything okay? And I would have to be like, yeah, "Yeah, like everything's fine. You know, I'm just busy at work. But in reality, it's like, no, I'm not okay. But I can't, I don't feel like I can say that. Is there pressure to not be okay? Or to tell someone you're not okay? No, I just didn't know when was the right time to kind of talk about this side of me. So I, I really felt like after, because it's the end of the year, I wanted to talk about it now. And especially after living what we're currently like going through, maybe I can help someone. So, and it's not something rare. Everyone's going through it, especially right now. So it's definitely something I wanted to talk about. And I, and I want people to know that if I can help in any way, I'll be here. So um, back to your question, it's been going really well. I, when I first started, you know, my journey with, anxiety and depression I, I used to like just have anxiety um attacks and literally just start crying for no reason and I wouldn't know why and not knowing is what kind of scared me the most and because I I know my body well enough like I know when I'm starting to feel sick I know if I don't sleep enough I'm gonna get a headache and if I don't eat well then I'm gonna get a headache or like just things like that like I know my body well enough to know what to do when, if my head hurts, what to do if like now, I don't know if my back or neck hurts, okay, take a break. But to anxiety is something really you can't control. Um, so it was a matter of kind of figuring out like what triggers it, okay, with stress. And I was still in, I was in college while this was all happening. So one of the things I realized was I'm not good with change. I'm not good with, that's why I was saying I really like routines because it's constantly like, I'm always on the go, I'm always on the go. I don't have time to really think about all these issues or anything else that's going on around me because I'm on a, I'm on a schedule, I'm on a routine. And that's how it was when I was in school. So the hardest part, which you were mentioning is once I got out of the routine of I'm not in college anymore. I can't yeah. just work at Starbucks. I can't just focus on school. I'm not distracted anymore. And that's kind of where the reality like, 
oh, you have to like really be an adult and figure out what you want to do, which was, again, I took a year to kind of figure all that out because I'm not good with change. And I, I had to learn to adapt and I had to learn, you know, what I really wanted to do and taking a year off. I had to learn that taking a year off is okay because Mm -hmm. I thought that after college, I was going to get a job in the industry because it just seemed like I was ahead or I I already had experience to learn that your experience is nothing to what people are requiring now. So it was kind of taking a step back and really letting go of these expectations that I create for my, that I had created for myself. Because when, like you said, I'm in that, I'm in a point in my life where all these responsibilities that I didn't necessarily have before are kind of coming now. And with the pandemic, it's kind of like everything's on hold. So it was a matter of like learning how to let go and just accept the fact that everyone's industry or everyone's job is kind of on hold. I'm not the only one. And it's okay to not be where you want to be right now. So with that, at first, it was more of like, learning to that if you're unhappy it's okay to i i don't like to use the word quit but to kind of change your plans because i did i actually had i recently i went through two jobs in the past two months which is not like me so um but it was a matter of like i grew in my mentality of those jobs were stressing me out to the point where i was anxious i was starting to get depressed so it was like okay, take a step back and kind of see, is this where you want to be? Or how is this affecting your mental health? And it's like, it's okay if you let go of one job. It doesn't matter also another thing. It doesn't matter what people are going to say. It doesn't matter what your family is going to think about, oh, you're not working in your industry anymore. And it was just a matter of me understanding that this is my journey and that it's not going to happen overnight especially right now but overall (laughs) i think um i've definitely grown in regards to like my mentality and learning how to deal with anxiety and depression and learning how to kind of take a step back especially right now and breathe everyone like needs to just breathe and just let go and find something that you enjoy for me it was like it going back home and spending time with like my best friend or spending time with my family and kind of distracting yourself for one day it's okay and that kind of that's the way i kind of recharge to get through the rest of my week yeah a lot of people say this uh quote that if if you work for yourself or create for yourself sometimes you have the worst boss ever and <laughs> we push ourselves into these incredibly like bad positions where we feel overworked and stuff but if someone's listening right now uh, i know everyone's different everyone has their mm-hmm. own journey and different access to, to professional mental health or the homeopathic equivalent of that, like what would be the first step they can take to evaluate the way they are or their mental health? It's like, how do you help them determine whether or not it's a bad day versus this is a problem in your opinion? Um, uh, definitely once you kind of start like losing control where you can't go about your everyday life, where you can't go to work because you literally can't get up from bed. That's when I think, obviously there's a lot of support groups there's a lot i'm sure there's phone calls out there resources where you can find by simply literally just googling mental health resources um there's local clinics there's help anywhere right now so all i have to say is please if you feel like something's wrong and you at least want to talk to one person about it too for me it was actually easier to talk to a stranger (laughs) because they don't know you Nobody judges you. It's okay. Um, You don't even have to tell anyone if you're ashamed of it. But at least taking that step to really better yourself, um, especially in the situation where we can't even go outside to distract ourselves, um, which is kind of what I would do. I would use kind of the beach as my therapy. But um, just please, you'll know when something's wrong, when you can't even go about your day. Or for me, it was I couldn't even drive a car without thinking like someone was going to crash into me or something was going to happen or like I couldn't just go about my about my day without breaking down and crying for no reason. So there's little signs that you can Google. Everyone's different. 
um, to where you can kind of evaluate yourself and kind of see where you're, if this is something that a problem, I don't like to say problem either, but some, an issue or a problem or, um, I don't know how to work. I, I, I told, I'm with you because I'm, I've not done formal, uh, you know, evaluations before, but when I was doing yeah. comedy, my, my comedy professor, uh, teacher, instructor, I don't know how professors work. I didn't go, to, and I didn't get a good degree in stand up, but <laughs> the person that taught me comedy, uh, Adam Barnhart, now I won't forget him. He had this thing called comedy therapy. So mm -hmm. when you would have an open mic, you had 10 minutes to get on, on stage and just say whatever happened the past week. And yeah. then you'll sit down and then you do your bit. Now, I'm not saying that will replace going to a doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. to, to your point, it, it was a lot easier to tell what was bothering you to a microphone, the strangers in this case. Mm -hmm. Because like if, if family is bothering you and work is bothering you and like your significant other is bothering you at the same time, it's like, who do I tell what right. to? And that becomes a whole bigger thing. And yeah. and I, I, you're right, it is cool to talk to a stranger, whether it's informal or professional, depending on what you can afford or what's your access to, to say, here is what's going on wholesale. Let's work on it together. Or even a friend. I always yeah. like to, when this first happened, I always reached out to you to like, I remember reaching out to like Ollie and Brian and making sure everyone was okay because you also have to remember when this first happened, the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened. So I had to reach out to people who were part of that community to make sure that they were okay too. Because we've gone through so much this year, not just that, like another president was elected as well. So it's like, how is everyone feeling? Because I know a lot of people were anxious during that time. So even if you have one friend or just anyone, just reach out to one person, whether you have to vent. I always do it to you. I'm like, sorry, I have to vent today, but let me tell you what's going on. Yeah, and that's it, right. it just yeah. helps like to just let it go. Or even <laughs> one of the first, one of the things that I always recommend to anyone is just write it down. If you write what's going on down, you're kind of going to feel like ah, this weight is lifted off my chest. I actually put it on paper where like now I can just destroy it. And Do I'm you keep a journal or is it like a write a piece of paper and like throw it away? Like what's the. Um, well, for me, it was more of like I. That didn't really help me. I always like to talk to at least a friend or you know, someone that I knew me well enough. Um, it worked once where I, during a therapy session, I was asked to do this. Um, but for me, it was more like I'm, I need to talk to a human being <laughs> about yeah. what's going on. So whether like I just, you know, call my sister or call my best friend and be like, hey, like I, I just did it the other, the other day. I was texting her. I'm like, hey, I know you're probably working right now, but I don't feel good right now. Like this is what I feel. And I just like let it all out. And it's yeah. just me thinking that I'm, I am talking to someone, but she didn't necessarily respond right away. But it was a matter of like, I let it out. Now yeah. I feel better. <laughs> and so with the lockdown, everything, how do you let it out? Do you, do you have phone meetings? Do you go out yeah. to see you? Um, well, even right now, like I haven't been able to see my family, which has been an adjustment um, because of the virus. They've been having to quarantine. So it's a matter of like, I have to FaceTime at least like once a week to kind of feel that connection to me and to like just bond because we always like bring each other together and just have fun conversations about like random things. Like, and even my brother called me the other day and he said, Hey, are you going to watch the new Selena series on Netflix? And it's just kind of like still reminding us we're still there. Yes. We're not in the same household, but that's, that's always what makes me happy. So FaceTime yeah. has worked a lot. <laughs> uh, I got a, one more question for the road for you then. It's, yeah. it's December, 2020 as we record this 2021 yeah. is over the horizon. I mean, with your knowledge of looking at goals and reevaluating, are you setting goals for yourself professionally next year? What do those look like? Are you just taking it day by day? What's the approach for 2021? So I used to set goals. And now I'm going to do the opposite, where I'm just going to take it day by day. Um, because, again, I always used to like to have a routine or had expectations that when I didn't meet, I was like beating myself up for it in the sense of like, why isn't it happening? So now it's more like taking it day by day, but also because my schedule has changed in the sense of like, 
now I don't have an excuse, so I have a lot of free time. I am now in quarantine, like everyone was experiencing at the beginning of the pandemic, to where I was constantly out working at Starbucks, and now things have changed for me. So it's like, how do I work on myself in regards to like, I need to wake up early still. I need to, I do want to incorporate like exercising at least because I've never really made that, uh, I don't know, that push for it. <laughs> I've never really survived. Nobody makes a push for it. It kind of happens. <laughs> but I know like um, for like my health, it's going to help me a lot. So it's a matter of just like, all right, whether it's 30 minutes and just getting out, going outside, walking my dogs around the block a million times, but at least get outside of You sound so house. pain saying that. Oh, 30 <laughs> minutes, walking my dogs. No, wow. because I think because for a while there's a lot of misconception. Again, it's like a cultural thing um, where you have to exercise to lose weight. or And that's always kind of been the reason that I've always kind of been surrounded by people are always doing it for that reason. And I don't like that because that's not like, I want to do it to feel better just yeah. overall physically, not to, not because of looks. It's not about looks for me. It's about just like feeling better physically. So it's mm-hmm. just a matter of like, just making more of a push to kind of get out, especially because I'm noticing that I'm getting really comfortable with being inside the house. <laughs> so I'm like, it's great. I don't know. People talk about. <laughs> yeah. I'm an introvert. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm a balance of both, but it's just a matter of like creating more of like a routine in the sense of getting up, getting ready. Um, it doesn't matter if no one's going to see me, but at least if I look better, I feel better. And I've noticed that too. So yeah, it's just taking it day by day next year, um, enjoying every moment with whoever you're around because I always appreciated my family, but I think during this pandemic with a lot of death that you're seeing it kind of makes me appreciate everyone a little bit more especially during the holidays right now that i wasn't able to see be with my family which was the hardest thing ever for me because i've never had to experience that um which i'm sure a lot of people are constantly do but because that's really what makes me happy was really hard um so just everyone enjoy these moments that you have with your significant others your friends your family because life is literally really short and just enjoy every day and be grateful that you're alive because you just never know and that's what i'm doing for 2021 i'm just going to be thankful that i'm alive as cliche as it sounds you know still appreciate those who are supporting me and are around me and also one thing that i am going to leave in 2020 is i've kind of learned that i've still hung out with people that don't necessarily aren't growing with me, aren't motivating me, aren't good for me. So I'm kind of letting go of people in my past and people who I need to let go of and just really focus on those that good support system, those friends that are really there for me. Because in 2020, I've lost a lot of friends. I've seen a lot of like the real side of people. So it's kind of just letting go of those of them, their loss. And moving forward with my life. Living the best life. Uh, <laughs> no, Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, your your perspective is definitely appreciated, especially thank as you. we try to make sense of what's left of this year. Because everyone yeah. had 2020 goals. I remember this time last year, like, yo, man, uh, Cinco de Mayo is <laughs> going to be on Tuesday. St. Patty's is going to be lit. You know, like it was, and then they got the biggest curveball of curveballs. But uh, if someone is listening right now and they want to get on the content train, learn more about Cafe Colenze, how do they do that? Yeah, you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Leslie Colon. You can follow me on Instagram at Leslie Colon underscore. Also, one of the things that I'm working on currently is my website, which I will be up by the beginning of next year. What? So you can kind of see me put everything together in a new year, a new start. I know this is probably a different side of me that you've never really seen, more of a serious talk. But hey, I'm still here to have fun. So make sure you tune in to Cafe Con Leslie as we talk about reality TV, reality drama. But also, you know, I'm, I have great guests on there, too. How can you not be ready for a good time with that theme song? Bam, bam, bam.
Oh, snap. It's dope. Uh, if you can get one guest book for a Catholic on Leslie next year, what would it be? Who would it be? Just one. Let me pick one. Bells don't count. There are two. One. Why? You know Bells don't count. There, there are two. That's my one. dream. Yeah, forget uh. that. <laughs> They're busy. All right. <laughs> so. Um, Anyone. Like, does it have to be? Uh, why are you putting me on the spot? The Bellas yeah. are literally my go-to. That's why you can't pick them. Um, hmm, someone different. I'm gonna, I have to do someone outside of wrestling because I've never, I've always kind of stuck with wrestling. So I want to do something different. I do want to have like a Latin artist, I don't know, maybe a reggaeton artist that I can have on my channel next year, whether that's as small or not even small because they're all big right now. So just any reggaeton artist, I guess my, my dream would be, you know, my favorite boys, my boy band. CNCO? To have CNCO. Oh, <laughs> <Remember> them? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did. It's all over thing. your Insta stories. It's, it's like it's all over my Insta stories because I'm literally obsessed with them. If I fangirl over someone and if I act like I'm 16 and I'm like living the dream, yes, it's over CNCO. If you guys don't know who they are, they're a Latin boy band who drive me crazy. I'm saying this right now. If you're listening right now, put the good juju vibes out that CNCO stumbles across Catholic on Leslie next year and they beg her to be on her show because she deserves it. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do on my show, though. I'm like, uh, so I know someone who likes you a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Okay. Uh, yes, please, Leslie, as I said last time, come on back whenever you're totally a fan of the show. You. you have a high rise condo in the city of creatives. <laughs>